Hello, everyone. Welcome back to IXDA Stories, offering stories by the Interaction Design Association community for the community. Each episode this season, we'll be taking a deep dive with some of the thought leaders and partners of the upcoming Interaction 21 conference. I'm your host, Elaine Mathias. In this episode, we're thrilled to be speaking with Mel McCubrey, an Associate Creative Director with Cloud Chamber, currently working on the next installment of the critically acclaimed Bioshock series. Mel is a visionary not only in her approach to creative storytelling in some of the most recognizable and highly regarded games of the last decade, but also in her drive to make the AAA video game industry a better, more inclusive, and welcoming space. Her meteoric rise in an industry often called out for its misogyny is a testament to her skills as a practitioner and the success of her approach to bettering the industry as she goes. Here's Mel McCubrey speaking with Poppy Gunthrie, a member of the Interaction 21 team and a local leader with IXDA in Indianapolis, Indiana. Start with a warm up and tell us a little bit about yourself, something that we're not necessarily going to glean from the bio, how you came to maybe be somewhat of an activist through design in a way. Um, Sure. So I have been working in games for seven and something years now, and I always wanted to work in video games. I was writing plays in university and, you know, doing creative writing courses and really involved in theater. And I started writing scripts for women in theater just because there's usually very like stereotypical roles. And I was finding frustration with um, not wanting to be the characters that like I wanted to be. They didn't really exist or they like existed in like one play. And so it was like, all right, I should start writing um, scripts for women coming into the theater program because we put on at Bishop's University, we put on student run plays. At one point in my third year, one of my professors asked me what I wanted to do when I grew up. And I was like, oh, I want to work in video games. And he knew somebody that that worked in games and, and connected me that way. And I was super lucky. Um, but it was like almost immediate for like um, when I started in games, as an intern scriptwriter, it was almost like immediate to me, like, oh, there's also this need here that, you know, we're seeing a lot of games, especially back in 2013, it was a lot of like, um, you know, the white male protagonist with brown hair and a big gun. <laughs> uh, and um, it was kind of pretty instantaneous. And I was like, oh, okay, we need to start making room for all the other players out there who are engaging in games or want to engage in more games than they currently are. And um, that's how I ended up, you know, designing around that premise. <laughs> and and so how does that feed into the work you're currently doing? Is there anything you can share about that? Well, <laughs> I can answer that vaguely. <laughs> I can answer that in the way that like, this has always been with me, like since day one and noticing, oh man, we need to be more inclusive all the way through all of the projects I've worked on, it's just become more and more heavily reinforced that yes, this is what we need, not only for our audience, but for the developers that we're with. And even now, um, you know, working with 2K, like it's still a mission. Um, and, it, and I think as years have gone 
on, more and more people have jumped on to that realization that like, yes, this is a good thing. Yes, we need to be more inclusive. Let's let's prioritize that. And we can see that like, especially with Cloud Chamber, like our studio desires and works very hard to be an inclusive uh, environment for the developers, for the players, and on the content side. Can you tell us, uh, for those that might not know about Cloud Chamber or 2K, can you just give us a little bit of info? So Cloud Chamber is a studio run by 2K in Montreal and in Nevada, and we are working on the next Bioshock. Very exciting. <laughs> so when it comes to the conference theme, Design in Perilous Times, what comes up for you and, and how have you been personally tackling these challenging times? It has been very challenging times. I can agree to that. It's very difficult working away from everyone, working from home, having to adjust your communication style so that they fit a more virtual method of communication. Like I think we took for granted how much work we did in the same space, how many conversations we had without thinking about them that now have to be forced. <laughs> And I think it's especially relevant now, not that it wasn't back then, but it's just become more and more like at the forefront of our conversations that we need to be taking care of the developers. We need to check in on people. We need to be better at our management of our teams um, and that we prioritize the health and well-being of the developers we work with. How does that feed into what you'll be talking about on a broad scale? So. I'd really love to dive in on empathy and making content that strives to better this industry is really what we need. Would you say that's one of the most important concepts for us to consider as we move into a changing and volatile future? Or is there something else that comes to mind? I think that's the big one. I think empathy is the big one that then can inform change across the board and start bringing up other topics that we really need to dive into and investigate, but that um, we can we can start here. What would you say to young women or, or somebody who's trying to advocate for change, advocate for empathy and inclusion? What kind of advice would you give them? My first thing is always like, stay strong. We need people like you. The number one thing that whether you're a woman, a person of color, LGBTQ in the industry is that you have to be resilient. But right now that's where the industry is at. I hate this. Um, the world does not change overnight. And I'm not saying that that's an excuse for slow progress, but it does happen to be the reality that Progress is slow, and so we need all the fighters <laughs> that we can get um, and all of the people with the great and inclusive ideas. This industry doesn't change without you, um, but we need you to stay strong and stick together. <laughs> Speaking of sticking together, are there uh, any groups or resources that you could point people to to bond with other like-minded advocates? Um, locally in Montreal, uh, Pixels is a fantastic organization that gives voice to uh, women and minorities and helps them get their foot in the door for games. They offer mentorships and roundtable discussions, game jams. They're, they're fabulous. Um, that's the one off the top of my head. I think 
there are initiatives like that in cities everywhere. Okay, so is there is there something else that you would like to share with people that might be coming to interactions or might be thinking about coming to interactions? Um, something like like why should they come? Why should they come here? You talk. I think in general, it's just a great, it's just a great initiative to show off a lot of perspectives across several industries, because I know we're looking at a lot of like interactive industries and games is one of them. Honestly, like it's good for the perspective and I guess the diversity of topics that people are going to be able to engage with. As for me, (laughs) I don't know. I think that I really want to use this time to talk about where the industry stands, at least from my perspective right now, and the change that needs to happen as kind of like a plea or a call to arms or something. You know, it's important that, especially for people who don't necessarily work in games, to understand that we're at a very tumultuous point in our industry and that this isn't just about the final product. It's about the people who play them, the people who make them, and the actual content that we're doing. And so I'm kind of hoping that through this moment, I'll be able to highlight some of the change we need to put Let's dig into that a little bit more. You're talking about it's not just about the game itself. It's about the characters and the people, all of the humans, either real or imaginary, represented. What does that mean to you? Well, I think it's very easy in all sorts of content, not just games, but you have movies and all of the creative industries kind of have this problem. Even visual art has this problem where we kind of forget that there are people behind the canvas or behind the film or behind the game. There's a lot of decisions that go into making these final products. There's a lot of people who are pushing for change who want this industry to be better. And there's a lot of fans out there who wish that there were more games that spoke to them. There were more games that they wish that they felt more welcome in the environments of these games. Like there's a lot going on in our industry right now. There's a lot of desire for change and momentum and progress. And it's affecting the industry at large, not just the final product that people receive. Like they go out to the store to buy or they download on their console or their PC or something. Some of these games are made by thousands of people. (laughs) There's a lot of people involved in this process and we need to make sure that we're taking care of as many of those people as evenly possible. The industry hasn't always been very good at that. So this is a less pithy question. (laughs) 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 So if you could commission any artist dead or alive to create a work of art just for you, who would it be and why? Hands down, Jamie Hewlett. (laughs) He was the artist on the early series of Tank Girl, and he's the artist for the Gorillas band. Uh, Always been my favorite. I don't know what it would be, but he has an amazing mind, and I love his art style. And I've always loved his art style. I'm pretty sure the Gorillas Demon Days was like one of the first albums I ever bought. So I've just always. I always loved him. <laughs> well, we are at time. Um, and is there anything else you'd want to share? Come check out all the other keynote speakers. I'm sure they're fantastic. <laughs> Thank you.
Our guest this episode was Mel McCubrey. Our interview is Poppy Guthrie. This episode was written, produced, and edited by Peter Last. I am your host, Elaine Mathias. The music is by New Tendencies. You can find their socials in the show notes. Thanks for letting us use it. We are a team of volunteers who love what they do and want to make a positive impact on the field of interaction design. Don't miss our upcoming episodes by subscribing to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.